Welcome back to the podcast. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Claudia. And this is Tabby. I'm Tabby. My pronouns are they, them. Yes. Okay, so I figured a good place to start would be intro, how we met, first impressions. Yeah. Everyone here that I've met in Amsterdam, I've met one of two ways. Either I've dated them or I've met them through Polly. No way. <laughs> That's swear. hilarious. So I met you through Polly. Mm-hmm. Um, Polly was like, oh, you'll love Tabby. Tabby's in a punk rock band, plays drums, is a drag king. I was like, sounds like a bit of me. Yeah, we kind of talked about like that I was in a chaotic phase. You were moving out of... Yeah, I was in a really weird place. I was, uh, yeah, leaving a weird space, moving house, finding a different community. Yeah, mm. it was a, I was in a very kind of introspective, quite sad time, actually. Mm. So you were like a whirlwind of fun and joy chaotic <laughs> fun and joy but also yeah I just felt like we immediately clicked and I just felt this is somebody that I can 100% be myself with oh my god in like that's a, so um, sweet yeah but it's true in like a way that's like I can be we can be energetic we can mm. be chill I could I, f- I could just tell you all my secrets and I know they would yeah. hopefully be secrets yeah of course yeah, yeah so that was sorry so I guess first this impressions... This is basically Tabby and Claudia like loving each other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of my episodes start like this. Yeah. Oh, that's Just so gushing cute. about yeah, how gushing. much I love that person. Yeah. Um, but it is true. So, yeah, my first impression of you was obviously like, whoa, this person's fucking cool. <laughs> I want to be their friend. How do I make that happen? Um, and But then we, the second time we met in person, um, I was essentially like, I know nothing about cycling. I'm about to do a triathlon. Tabby knows loads about cycling and works for Rafa and maybe can give me some tips and stuff. And then you were the most... First of all, I think it's a trait... Like, I think if anyone who knows you would say the same, but, like, you are incredibly generous, not just with your time, but with your, like, things and stuff and your energy in particular. Um, It's very kind. Yeah, you're lovely to be around. You're just, like, a fresh breath air. No, a fresh, a fresh, a fresh, a fresh, a Honestly, I want to keep it the same. But yeah, and we just, we bounce off each, like, as soon as I am in the same vicinity as you, like, we're bouncing, we're bouncing. I can feel the vibe. It's yeah. high energy. It's mm. good crack. But also, like you said, we can be serious. I can, like, open my heart and be like, this is how I'm feeling. Uh, what do I do? Or, like, you're great for advice as well. But yeah, literally, from the second time that we met, you were a huge help to me with the triathlon to the point where I actually don't know if I would have done it without you, which oh, is huge. Claudia, that's I'm, I'm sure you would have, but it's very nice of you to say. I just felt like, because, I don't know, I just felt like I really want to help this person because I also really want to be friends with them, so maybe they'll be friends with them if I let them use <laughs> my old life. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I, um, yeah, I just, I felt like you just, really I, I do help a lot of people mm. with a lot of the stuff I do yeah um and I don't always think it's about do people deserve things I don't like using that term but I just I don't know I just felt like I wanted to do this for you because I felt like it would be good good and it would help you and I just really wanted to help you because also I wanted you to be my friend so <laughs> sweet. yeah I don't know I just felt like 
yeah again I don't use the term like that you deserved it because I don't like saying that but I just felt like you could do with like a win yeah I just wanted to help you on this journey of your triathlon and give you like a bit of a a win and a boost that's so sweet is that the gushing over that's the gushing over the (laughs) next thing I wanted to quickly do um which I usually don't do but is to just to go through some definitions you can correct them if you want Mm -hmm. or, or give or expand on them if you want and then we'll dive into straight into gender okay my definition for non-binary or genderqueer is simply not male, not female. Are you asking me if that's correct? <laughs> kind of. Oh. <laughs> or like, do you, what, what would you add, maybe? Uh, yeah, like, non-binary is kind of like, just as you said, or genderqueer, somebody that doesn't define their gender identity um, in the realms of what we know as male or female. Perfect. Yeah. Much better. Love that. No, no, it's exactly the same. No, is it? Well, it was nice. Longer to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then gender identity, which I have down as, um, a person's sense of one's own gender. So exactly. I guess what you feel on the inside. Exactly. Um. And then gender expression, a person's behavior, mannerisms, interests, and appearance associated with gender, um, which sort of relies on stereotypes, e.g., a tomboy. Cisgender describes a person whose gender identity is the same as their sex assigned at birth. And then lastly, TERFs. Yeah, what is a TERF? Trans-exclusionary radical feminist is what it stands for. And I think TERF is quite an important word to define because it is being used a lot. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think in the LGBTQIA plus community, um, especially when we're talking about trans rights, that that word is thrown around as a derogatory term. Yeah. Um, as a slang term, but it does actually have a real meaning. Yeah. It it, it means, yeah, trans uh, exclusionary radical feminists, as we said. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. And yeah, even though it seems derogatory and thrown around as derogatory, it's because it, it isn't a nice thing to be. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately. Yeah. So that is it for the definitions. Um, as well, because I think that we'll be referring to some of them throughout, so it makes sense to yeah. include them. Yeah. Um, yeah, next, I want to just know about you. About me. Get, tell yeah. us all. Preface of me, I am white. I'm incredibly privileged, so I grew up in a middle-class environment. Um, I'm um, My mum's been married three times. I'm from her first marriage. I'm an only child, technically, but I'm not. <laughs> I have lots of lovely siblings. I have five brothers and one sister, all half or step or whatever. I was born in London, I grew up in Glasgow, good yes. old Glasgow in Scotland, UK. I, I self-identify as very Scottish. I came out when I was 19 Oh. Um, to my friends and to some of my family. Yeah. I'm not out to half of my family. <laughs> came out in what sense? Came out as... So I came, I first came out in my sexuality, as I identify as being bisexual or pansexual, which means I'm attracted to anybody of all gender identities. Yeah. Um, It's just whoever I'm attracted to, I guess. Love that. Okay. Um, Yeah. So when you were 19, that's quite young. Quite young, actually. I think for our age. Yeah, definitely. I think for our age. But I knew that I wasn't straight from when I was about seven. Yeah, honestly. for a long time. Same-ish. Yeah. But then I heard, yeah, heard a negative comment and then immediately washed it down. Oh, immediately. And I was like, oh, that's another <clears> thing. <throat> yeah, there was like a bit of an incident with a friend 
I don't want to go into it, but yeah. Um, yeah, and I was subsequently told that this was not okay and yeah. that this is really bad behaviour. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure they would have treated a uh, straight, you know, thing that happened the same way. Yeah. It was really like, really like that was bad. You shouldn't do that. Oh. Um, yeah, and then yeah, just general casual homophobia. Gotta <clears> love it. Gotta yeah. love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, so it came out at 19, but again, like, I'm still not out to a lot of my family, so okay. I'm gonna, like, post this on Instagram. I mean, I'm pretty vocal <clears throat> yeah. on Instagram about how I feel and who I am, and I have my pronouns, and I'm, you know, I talk about cycling, but I talk, I slide in this political stuff as well, just yeah. get everyone engaged. Fair. But yeah, and then in terms of my gender identity, we're gonna talk at the end a little bit about the differences between gender identity and and gender and sexuality at the end but I didn't come out as non-binary until well to myself yeah till I was maybe like 23 yeah but I always knew of course yeah I always knew it's the same as my sexuality I always knew that I didn't feel comfortable or right in what I was being called at the time yeah um but I didn't really start having have the confidence to and the language to come out to people mm-hmm. until I was like twenty four. Okay. To my like queer friends. Now this is the yeah. thing to my queer friends. Oh. But then obviously half of your three quarters of your life is also straight. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't come out to my close friends who are, you know, majority straight until I was, you know, twenty five, twenty six, actually mm-hmm. really. So really only like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. And really, I'm just con- now. I'm just in a constant, consistent, a constant stream of coming out. Yeah, yeah and I think that's yeah. the problem with being genderqueer, non-binary, or trans non-binary is that you're constantly coming out. Yeah, I mean, gender. How do you identify? So I identify in my gender as uh, trans non-binary. That means transgender non-binary. Um, I'm gonna do like a quick preface here, like I did earlier that. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about my specific journey and my yeah. identity but there's no one way to be non-binary there's no one way to be trans mm-hmm. everybody's experience is different Yeah. Um, me personally I, identif- I call myself trans non-binary because I am transgender because I don't identify with the gender I was assigned at birth Okay. so that's why I like adding in the trans yeah And I'm non-binary because I don't identify with anything that we know as, like, male or female. I feel, me personally, again, like I'm saying, this is not everybody. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm somewhere in between those two, somehow. So the next thing I have to ask, which I guess you already sort of covered a bit, but I think it's still important just to have a, a clear answer. How did you come to terms with your gender or find the right language that matched how you feel? Or maybe when you found the right language? Well, I didn't meet any trans people until my early 20s. Okay. And I think that was when... And, like, I didn't really, like, really super get involved with the LGBTQIA plus gay queer community until that age. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, until I went to uni, basically, like, 1920. And, yeah, I mean, finding community and talking to people yeah. is so important. 
I was mm. talking to somebody the other day who's struggling with... They came to me and said they were struggling with their pronouns. Okay. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, I just asked them, you know, I, do you, is that meaning you're struggling... Do you feel like you're struggling with uh, the question of your gender, your gender yeah. identity, you know? And, um, yeah, that was a good point to kind of talk about because I think we get so obsessed with pronouns as well, which mm. we're, we're going to talk about how important... They're very important, but... We will, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to be happy with yourself and who you are. Mm. And then, yeah, in my 20s, I met more trans people, more like trans, like binary trans, like trans men, trans women in the LGBT community, and they were great, and I would just talk to them. And I never really had, like, a big conversation with someone about it, but I was internalising a lot in a good yeah. way, and I was thinking about how I felt in the world. And I really, um, you know, I, I kind of, in my identity, I'm kind of more trans-mask, which means trans-masculine. Yeah. So I guess, though, obviously I'm soft soft daddy. Soft daddy too. Soft daddy too, that's my name. Tabby saved in my phone as soft daddy too. <laughs> I very strongly identify as being a soft, soft daddy, or like kind of fitchy. Yeah. A bit more butchy, but... um, I was just kind of like internalising, and then I met a non-binary person. Oh. Um, completely different to how I look, like really, really different, yeah. and um, we had a bit to drink, and we were at a party, and... I just asked them questions. Yeah. But they were willing to talk to me. Yeah. And they also asked me questions. Yeah. I think they knew. Yeah. <laughs> they knew. Yeah. They knew. They knew that I was really struggling with how I felt and they knew that I absolutely had no language or understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And then and there, I had this massive epiphany. This is when I was like, yeah, 22. Yeah. They had this massive epiphany. I was like, this is exactly how I feel. This is how I felt since I was like old enough to like, yeah, it was that I was like three. Yeah. Old enough, old enough to think about myself and my body and yeah. how I'm moving around and looking at boys and girls and mm-hmm. thinking how, where do I fit in here in terms of how I feel about myself. Yeah. And it was like this big like, like epiphany. Um, wow. But yeah, but then it's been a lot of therapy. I mm-hmm. see a gender therapist and nice. yeah, therapy is very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I see another therapist um, just for general life stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot, long road to get where I am here, where I'm very confident in myself, but I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning about trans issues. I'm still learning about a lot of stuff in life. You know, I may identify one way today, but I may identify as something a bit different later on in life. Who knows? Do, so do you see uh, gender as fluid? I think so, yeah. I think the thing is there's a lot of different ways to identify. Sure. You can be like bi gender or two spirit, or if we're talking about something that's not like a binary trans man, trans woman, cis woman, cis man. Yeah. There's so many different. I don't know them all. Like I'm just gonna yeah, say, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still like learning, and I don't know all the ways you can identify. But yeah, I view myself as a as a fluid, beautiful thing. Yeah. But that doesn't mean for me, it's not that I'm like waking up and like, oh, I feel super feminine today, or like the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm super masculine today. I don't feel like that. I feel yeah. like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like the more comfortable I am with myself, the more the more me I feel and the more me comes out. And yeah. that might be maybe slightly different to how I look or, or am right sure. now in this conversation. Yeah. Just Whereas I would see if, if someone was to tell me that they were gender fluid, mm-hmm. the way that I would imagine that they live is kind of similar to what you would just describe there as uh, waking up and a cer- like maybe for mm-hmm. a certain po- mm-hmm. period of time feeling a bit more feminine yeah. or masculine yeah. but like that's that's what I would imagine yeah. but I also have never met someone who 
identifies as gender fluidly based on. Yeah, and there like there are so many ways to be in that kind of uh, identity, and yeah. there are lots of other ways, like by gender, like you know, mm. to identify in that too. And this is again, I just want to pre- say that this is how people feel. This has nothing to do with like genitalia. Yes. Yeah, which is another thing to kind of put, nail home. Put, yeah, nail home, but it's very important. And um, yeah, I know people that are. I have a good friend that identifies actually as gender fluids. And okay. again, this is not the only way gender uh, gender fluid people are. Sure. But they have two names. Oh, okay. They use two names, and they, I'll say to them, oh, like you know, and they're like, oh, I'm this name today. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's great. Like, why wouldn't you want to live in a world where people can do that and it's fine? That's the thing. Like, I'm so... The reason I started this, or, like, yeah, I don't know. I just... I'm so interested in other people's human experience because mine has been pretty fucking... Bo- it's not pretty fucking boring, but it's, like, the only thing that I know. Mm. I would love to learn more about, like, how someone else views life because yeah, I could learn so much, like, in a, like selfishly... I could learn so much from what they've experienced, but also just, it would ha- help me be a better person, I think, and empathise. So. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel weird, like, being on this podcast and talking. I know it's, like, about my journey, and, like, I say, keep saying, and will keep saying, like, my journey is not a reflection of how all trans people feel. Yeah. But I'm happy to share my journey and to be open about it. If you have the ability to open a door for other people to have a better life or to gain knowledge or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm mainly talking about people that are, um, you know, uh, downtrodden or yes. people that are less represented in the world or people that need a voice. Yeah. If I have the ability to kind of open the door, mm-hmm. then I'm going to let other people through Yeah. that aren't able to open that door. That's a great... And I use that in everything I do. Analogy, yeah. I feel that from you. Like, that's... Yeah, makes sense. Um, I have another question, which is... What does being non-binary mean to you? Hmm. I don't know if... It's a really yeah. nice question. Well, I think being non-binary is beautiful. I feel like I... For me, it means... Like, if I'm to write it down on paper, mm-hmm. identifying outside of the gender binary. Yeah. So, I don't... I said this before. I don't identify as male or female how I feel in myself and my gender goes beyond that and yeah. cannot be defined by one of those two. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I my my dad that I grew up with, he's a doctor. Okay. My little brother's a doctor. <laughs> I almost studied ecology and I love <laughs> diseases. I'm really into like I'm really into biology. I love like I find coronavirus very interesting and Yeah. Yeah. But I'm non binary. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the whole point. Identity yeah. is to do with your metaphysical self and your your brain as well and yeah your feet your feelings and your yourself in your body i think it's also quite spiritual it's very spiritual i think yeah. there's so many ways you can describe it but it is real yeah love that okay next why are pronouns important pronouns i'm just gonna be right off the bat really blunt yeah pronouns save lives getting somebody's correct pronouns and, and actually I'm not going to say preferred pronouns because that's not, that's not what you should say. Okay, you good to know. Yeah, so you shouldn't go up to someone and say, I made this mistake and I learned. You shouldn't go up to somebody and say, what, have you, what are your preferred pronouns? Because it's like saying, so oh... As if you have a choice. As if you have a choice. As, as if, as if oh. actually, okay, you want to say they, them, but actually I'm going to say he, him, or she, her. 
Because yeah. preferred is like a choice. If you don't know, I think we should get used to in society talking about pronouns. But yeah, and I'll I'll talk about that in a sec. But um, pronouns are important because it can mean the difference between you know gender euphoria. And when mm-hmm. I say gender euphoria, meaning somebody feeling loving themselves, feeling comfortable in who they are, who they are. Yeah. And somebody and suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it's it's that it's that important, and I think when we talk about trans people and pronouns and stuff, and people having a problem with it just because they're not used to it, we forget that they're these are people, real people that we're talking about, who are are really um, having a hard time because they are dealing with all these feelings. So the least we could do is use the pronouns that they want to use. Yeah. Right, hundred percent. Even such if it goes against everything you feel, or you're not used to it, it's just a learning curve for everyone. Yeah, actually, one of the things um you had shared recently on Instagram that would spoke or mentioned pronouns and the importance because I honestly didn't realize, and I know a lot of friends of mine felt the same because they messaged me after. Was I didn't realize how important it is even for, um, you know, like cisgendered people to include it in their email signature or. Uh, bio or whatever and I've had mine in for a while but I've actually never once introduced myself I've never once introduced myself as hi my name is Claudia and my pronouns are she her Mm -hmm. I'm starting a job next month and I'm absolutely going to do that in every intro meeting but I didn't realize how important it was I do it every time we'll talk about cycling later but I do it every time I lead a ride or do an event yeah yeah pronouns are important because we shouldn't assume somebody's gender gender identity yeah I think we need to get over assuming. It's like assuming that somebody likes you. Yeah, <laughs> you well, I do sh- assume everyone likes yeah, you. Yeah, well, of course. But yeah, everyone so do does like you. Everyone does fancy us, so let's just be honest. It's true. But, <laughs> um, we are the most wanted pieces of meat in Amsterdam. We are, you know. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're no really one's going to believe No one's going to believe that. We're just here with our two big toppy egos, like, laughing. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, um, the more we normalise sharing and talking about pronouns the more it will just become part of society like yeah. anything else and really does it really if you really you know most people love to talk about themselves yeah true it's just a little bit of extra information yeah and sorry so that was really it was really important for me because the reasons that I saw were like first of all it makes someone feel that if you're disclosing your pronouns that they can feel comfortable disclosing theirs mm-hmm. um second of all if every if say if everyone has it in their bio or most people it also means that maybe individuals who do have it in their bio wouldn't would be less likely to be targeted for a homophobic attack or anything like that exactly so for safety it's good absolutely but also just mainly inclusivity but the last most important thing that i read from the post that you shared um was like if you uh misgender someone um to correct yourself move on quickly like just correct and move on swiftly but also to in your head three times correctly uh refer to them with absolutely the right and that's helped me loads yeah absolutely because you're really good with my pronouns do you think i don't I've, think you've ever got them wrong i i did the very the, the third time we met i did oh that's then, funny because i don't even remember but it's true because you clearly went away and like was like mm. But I, you know, I've got people's pronouns wrong. I do sometimes. But sorry, it's just such a good tip because like... That's why you should ask. Yeah. Because all the I think, apart from when I was younger and I didn't really understand. Yeah. I think the only other times where I've got them wrong 
is um, uh, when um, I I've assumed mm. I've assumed somebody's gender identity. Yeah. Yeah, I've assumed, which is bad. Yeah, and yeah. it's also like like it's not a big deal to just ask. It's really not. And this is the thing that I want to be clear to people: if people are willing to um, talk with you about it, it's good to ask people questions. Yeah. You shouldn't assume. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be comfortable. This is true. Yeah, but it's good to talk about it. But yeah, pronouns save lives. Cisgendered people should be practicing pronouns mm-hmm. themselves. And yeah, if you get it wrong, I say this to my colleagues because my colleagues are trying, but I also work in an environment where there's a lot of people with English as their second language and mm-hmm. they then, uh, I at first was like, eh, it's not grammatically correct, but it absolutely is. You can use they, them or their in a sentence using talking about a singular person all the time yeah, sure we do, do it all the time yeah if you don't know you're do- if you're if i was like oh i'm going i'm signing up for a new doctor hope it goes well hope they're not a dickhead or hope they're not an asshole or something absolutely you're using it. There. yeah or like oh somebody left their umbrella i wonder if yeah. they're gonna come come back for it literally literally that's one person what i did here and i'll go into this question later mm-hmm. uh from i wouldn't even say he, that he's my friend because i met him through someone else but he is a lovely guy um, but he was saying that there is not, not that translation in German. And no. I know there isn't one in Italian either. Or I don't think there's one in French. This is the um, thing is that, yeah, language is very binary. Yeah. I know in France, though, that there's some... Um, this this friend of mine that I'm spending a lot of time with at the moment who's really great and I really like, and if they're listening to this conversation, um, just know that. Friend? <laughs> I'm friend. Okay, go on. Well, we've... That's this person that I'm seeing. And oh, yes. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> this friend, this person I'm seeing. Um, <laughs> um, there's some interesting things happening in France at the moment where people are reclaiming language and, like, developing different words. Yeah, so in Italy, they're... And I think that's what we do as humans. Yes. That's what we do. Evolve. We don't speak the same language we did, you know, 500 years ago. Language is different. But anyway, it's sorry. Funny. Pronouns are important. Mm-hmm. Says people need to practice them and yeah. try. Also, it's so easy to try and you could yeah. literally make someone's day by gendering them correctly. Yeah, and so the thing why? is, try with your friends. Like, yeah. practice with your friends. You, like, uh, anyone that knows me, mm-hmm. I'm giving you permission to practice my pronouns with each other at home. Like, you should practice talking about people, you know, because it's really only going to do good. Yeah. So, for example, if somebody is trans and is, you know, was maybe he, him, and now wants to be referred to as she, her practice it you know if they've given you this information you should practice with your friends and also a big thing which I would like people to do more because I feel like people around me especially people from like a very um cisgendered world are doing at the moment is they're getting better at talking to me but when they talk to other people they're using the wrong pronouns they're not they're not using it and I feel like because I'm not there they're forgetting about them or I don't know, but I know I can clearly see because I've seen it happen. Like I saw it, like from afar. They didn't know I was looking, but I could clearly see my colleague said it and then felt uncomfortable and didn't correct them, them and then the other person about said it wrong. You. And then, yeah, they were talking about me, and then this whole conversation. No everybody, and I think it was to somebody else, another cyclist who also knows me, who also knows I use them pronouns, but they just didn't have the confidence to talk about it and correct each other. I, I think, think it's you need piss to stop easy. that. Piss easy. I know, but some just... people just feel. Get over yourselves. Yeah. Don't feel uncomfortable about it. It's awkward, but just get over it and it's fine. Next question, quite relevant to what we were just speaking about, but common misconceptions about gender? Oh, 
That's a big one. It is. Yeah. Uh, common in, in what sense? I guess, I guess non-binary people makes the most sense to answer. Well, we were talking about this earlier, that non-binary people are like the same. Yeah. That non-binary... Like, the thing is, is that, again, I cannot reiterate this more. I am extremely privileged. I'm white. I'm middle class. I am, um, uh, you know, AFAB, which means assigned female at birth. But obviously, you know, I'm non-binary. Um, and I feel like a lot of people in the media or a lot of the images you see of non-binary people right now is, is me. Like, mm-hmm. white, like more masculine more like androgynous people yeah and i think that's a very common misconception of being non-binary because this is an image that is palatable yes in widestream media in like the mainstream media like my image is like palatable because maybe specifically men and i'm saying cisgendered white men maybe see me as less threatening i don't know i'm just gonna put that out there but misconceptions are of being non-binary is that all non-binary people look like me yeah sound like me yeah yeah not all non-binary people look like me not all non-binary people are assigned female at birth yeah not all non-binary people are white um, not, all bi- not all non-binary people are able-bodied are able-bodied yeah. exactly not all bi- non-binary people are able- able-bodied not all non-binary people are androgynous yeah yes non-binary people do not owe you androgyny yeah. You can exp- express your gender in femininity. You know, you don't Because again, yeah. gender identity would be the non-binary part. Gender expression is tied to, yeah, how you present yourself. If you wear yeah. maybe a dress, which is traditionally known as being worn by, by a woman yeah. or whatever. But men, cisgender men can wear dresses. A hundred percent. I'm from Scotland. We wear skirts. Men wear skirts. Exactly. Uh, listen, I love it. Love yeah, to see it. Exactly. Um... Okay. Don't look underneath it. It's scary. I, I, don't, I never planned on it until you'd said it just now. <laughs> you know what true Not Scotsman, that I'm planning on it. You know what true Scotsman is, though? Is that where you wear no underwear no underneath? No underwear under your girl. That's what I do, Claudia. Oh my God, stop just flirting. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, Does that answer the question? I think that's a, a really nice... Um, yeah, a nice answer for that question. The next thing, I guess, or area that I wanted to talk about a lot is cycling. The barriers to cycling, why it's still predominantly cis white men. Cycling is an amazing sport, but it has ingrained, an inherent and ingrained problem with inclusivity and diversity mm-hmm. because it's a traditionally white cis male sport. Yeah. Um, the majority of the peloton is also straight. Um which, you know, doesn't actually work out with the numbers. But, um, you know, people don't feel comfortable coming out. Um, and I would say, you know, the thing is with cycling, especially the kind of cycling that I do and, like, yeah. RAF and stuff, is that it's also about... Um, it's a really great... No, it's, a, it's not great. It's an accurate refle- reflection of the world. Because mm-hmm. cycling is a privileged sport. Yes. You have to have some money to be a cyclist. Yeah. Who has the most money in the world? White people. White yeah. cis people. Yes. So I think that's where the problem obviously stems from. And mm-hmm. people say, you know, I think a lot of, you know, people say that, oh, but cycling originated in Europe. That's where everybody's white. And I'm like, well, yes and no. And like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. And there's uh, cycling has been, yeah, run by 
it's run by, you know, a lot of sports by the UCI, the uh, people that govern the races and stuff. Yeah. Which is, um, you know... A panel of cis white men? Um, actually not, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about the UCI. Okay, um, fair. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think every everything has problems. Um, but yeah, and I think that's really where the problem stems from. And I think it's the classic thing with sport is that now we have all these questions being asked and people are now really demanding inclusivity and diversity. Mm-hmm. All these uh, guys at the top are, are scared and they're, people don't want to move from their top position. Yeah. They people don't, don't want to give share. up their power. They yeah. don't want to share. People don't want to share. Yeah. And um, they think it's their thing. But it's like yeah. things for everyone. Yeah. I mean, even, like, I'm incredibly privileged oh, yeah. for a lot of reasons. Um, cisgendered, um, white woman who's able-bodied. Mm-hmm. Well, able-bodied from the outside, anyway. Yeah, exactly, because, <laughs> um, yeah, not not all, not everything can be seen from the outside. Yeah, and I have an in, in, invisible disability, which I've actually spoken about on the podcast mm-hmm. already, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, which was another reason that I did the triathlon. Mm-hmm. But even from my perspective, um, and sorry, also like middle class or upper middle class, mm-hmm. I don't know, someone can check my, my uh, how much I'm getting paid and answer that question for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but even from my perspective, um, the cycle is what scared me the most about the triathlon. Not necessarily because I, I can't cycle. I've cycled before. I used to do a cycle all around Hope Hill, which is like, one of the hills mm. in Dublin, mm. really nice cycle on a normal bike, but the idea of joining what I had perceived to be a boys club mm-hmm. and putting pouring all of this money because mm. it is a lot of money mm-hmm. into all of the cycling gear and then it's scary because even the the group rides everything it it does feel like this exclusive club yeah absolutely um and that's why I'm interested that even to hear that. Rafa actually uses the word clubhouse because to me that's even almost like a scary word. Yeah. Even though it's definitely not meant to be. No, but that's the whole point is that I think, you know, with the original idea of the clubhouses, I mean, I've only worked at Rafa for a year, but yeah, I've been around Rafa for a long time. Yeah. Well, not like, Rafa's actually like, what, 17 years old now? Something okay. Like that. Yeah, it's been going for a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is, it, words can be very triggering and difficult for some people it's very hard to find the right words but it's meant to be like more friendly and because yeah. we do have you know the backbone a lot of the a huge part of rafa obviously we sell stuff but um you know luxury cycling apparel and accessories mm-hmm. um is that we have something called the rcc which is the rafa cycle club which is an international really it is great actually yeah. you know like i i my opinion of Rafa has changed, which is why I work there. Yeah. I thought it was a cis white straight boys club. Yeah. Older boys club. I don't want to be ableist or ageist as well, yeah. though, because everybody deserves cycle. Yeah. Regardless of whether you're five or 105, everybody should cycle. But it was, but it, the, the, the sprinkling is privilege. Yeah. That we're talking about here. Yeah. Privilege and, you know, middle class, upper middle class. But it's, it's changed. Rafa's changed. Um in terms of what it wants to do and obviously I can see the lot of the internal workings now and even though we've got a long way to go I feel like we're on the right path and but yeah cycling has a massive problem yeah massive problem with privilege and underrepresentation for of of uh, people trans people uh, 
especially people of colour and um, yeah, able-bodied. There's too many yeah people who aren't able-bodied mm-hmm. um, and people who are also different body sizes as well. Sure. I think we've been a lot better with our different campaigns recently, but um, yeah. yeah, like not all cyclists like look like me. Yeah. Not all cyclists look like a, a very skinny but strong kind of guy, you know? Yeah. That's not... If we're talking about cyclists, this is the thing, what kind of cyclists are you talking about? What I'm talking about yeah. is, like, the kind of racing cyclists. Like yeah. Not so the person who... We're talking about amateurs. Yeah, like because... Who are, de- who are quite into cycling, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, that's where, like, the real barrier is, I think. A hundred percent. And I've seen it myself. I've experienced it myself. And that's why I was saying even from the perspective of mine, which is incredibly privileged, I could still feel that, like, oh, how do I get in there? This is the thing with cycling. We're at, if you think of all the, like, you know, stepping stones of being inclusive in all senses of the word, Yeah. we're still at base one. Yeah. And that is, like, if we forget your sexual orientation, we still don't have enough cis white women in the club yeah 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 <laughs> we don't even have enough like cis white women like do you know what I mean especially yeah. in, in Amsterdam yeah but we're working on it what have you done to help to change this and by change this I mean help reduce the barriers uh, that there are for mm. non-cis white men to get into cycling um I've done a few things yeah yeah so Tell us. before I worked at Rafa I started this thing called Sompeur Exploring which is sounds per exploring Sonsper is French for means without fear and it's my Scottish clan motto. Cheers. So last year I've always been quite involved in like women's stuff. Yeah. Um obviously there was never really any st- oh sorry, my foot am I playing footsie? You are. Sorry, it just felt comfortable. But you can <laughs> keep them there. <laughs> um yeah, I'm fiercely pro women's rights as well, obviously. Yeah. Um so I used to run my own little like club that I started especially in Amsterdam I used to ride with a lot of like women's clubs and like kind of more alternative clubs in London which was fun and hang around with like the fixie scene as well but yeah specifically here I started my own little company but um I did rides and I was like okay right it's going to be more aimed at women and people who are less represented so when I say that I say like um um like uh rides that were like for people of colour for LGBT people and rides where we were trying to do some anti-ableism things like that as well that anybody could come and learn stuff Yeah. and this was like ranging from um, beginners like just bought a bike what the hell do I do Yeah. clipping in like uh, this kind of level so the point, to the point where you've actually bought a bike for the yes. first time and that can be a road bike gravel bike or whatever okay. mainly I do mainly road gravel cyclocross for any cyclists that are listening just so you know what I'm talking about I don't really mountain bike that much sure. but um yeah I did these workshops and rides and like skill sessions and what I realized is that obviously cycling has exploded for since pandemic yeah but I think this has always been a problem yes there's nothing for these people that is that is what I was scared of there's nothing for these people and you're forced to go to these places where you don't feel comfortable and maybe you go one time and it's a horrendous experience and you leave yeah. because that's what happened with me yeah that's what happened with me I'm doing this because I'm thinking of Tabby, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. Admittedly, I did have, my partner was very supportive at the time with my cycling. Yeah. But they were also cis, you know, yeah. as well. And 
they didn't really understand a lot of the, and a guy and they didn't really understand a lot of the barriers. Yeah. Um, but they weren't white, which is obviously they did struggle with a lot of racism and stuff. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was nothing for these people, and I was just so freaking busy. And then mm. yeah, just you know, which is great, but I was doing it all for free, just for you know, just, wow, just for just for free because I thought it'd be good. Just in between, I was in between jobs because of Corona. You know, yeah, I lost. Yeah. I basically had to close my consultancy business because of Corona. Yeah. Whatever. But um, Corona really turned my life around in a good way. But obviously, I know that a lot of people have suffered, so I'm not thanking Corona. Obviously, it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of stopped that, and I started working at Rafa, and I was like, yeah. okay, big dog Rafa. Yeah. What can we do here? And I have. I really kind of subtly kicked up a stink. I just, yeah, I mean, I I love Rafa now because I know obviously Rafa has a lot of problems. We all have a lot of problems. I'm fully admitting that, but we're we're learning and we're doing a lot of internal learning. But I wanted to do something in Rafa because I feel like if Rafa does something, then that's really cool. It's Because we're a big, big player. You yeah, know? it creates waves. Mm. Sorry, this is a long way about to now I'm going to list all my achievements. So <laughs> I started this thing at Rafa called the Rafa 101 Plus. Yeah. So this is also a culmination of everything I've done before in terms yeah. of m- creating a platform for inclusive learning in yes. cycling. Um, so I went to my managers and stuff, especially during this, this is during the second lockdown. And I was like, look, because they were kind of like brainstorming. They wanted us to brainstorm. I work as a clubhouse assistant. I'm also a key holder and the service champion for the store. Ooh. So the clubhouse, so I do kind of fancy cool stuff, making sure everyone... My also my goal of being a service champion is making sure that everybody walks through the door feels welcome. So oh, I'm doing a lot of training with staff at the moment to make sure everybody's being nice to everybody. Good. But I said we need to do something for these people. Yeah. To be fair, the, I, we I was talking to my friend today about what we do when these people then get too good for these sessions, but that's a whole other conversation. But so I thought, right, let's make a set of inclusive, fun, um safe space but like knowledgeable and run by a cyclist sessions at Rafa yeah and then I came up with the name we brainstormed but I came up with the name 101 plus I'm just gonna take that because it is my idea though yeah. Vinny and Vincent who's the RCC um uh, manager for Europe he's he's a, for um I'm sorry he's a fucking awesome guy and so is Dave de Graaf um, and Camille, I'm like mentioning all these <laughs> all these cis straight white guys who actually have helped have well. actually helped weirdly. Yeah. But also my colleague Kim, she's lovely, and my colleague Christy, especially her um husband works at Two Tone, which is like an advertising firm that I'm gonna shout out to Two Tone. Nice. Um they've also been really supportive. So they were like, Okay, let's do it. And yes. I got approval from the big dogs at head office in, in London and they were like, Yeah, let's do it. I think we're ready to do this. Fantastic. So the Rafa 101 Plus is an inclusive um, platform for people that are new to cycling or new to riding groups. Yeah. 101 just comes from, you know, when you first start something, you need the 101. Yeah. And I wanted to add in the plus because it's also plus because we're learning a lot of things, but also it's plus because it's for all people. Yeah. So it's specifically for um, people who are new to cycling, new to group riding, but people who are less represented in cycling. Yes. But I'm not going to refuse some white cis dude who comes along who um, doesn't feel comfortable in the normal peloton because there's often a lot of reasons behind that. Sure. And as long as you come along and you get my pronouns right and you're a nice person, then you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Perfect answer. 
Can I keep going with all my achievements? Keep yeah. going. So that's what we do on Tuesday nights, and that's been really... The other thing was, is that I think people were sceptical about how successful it was. Fully booked. Love it's it. It's always fully booked, which is yeah, great. Yeah, because when I did Numbers it, Numbers dwindle last... because of weather or whatever, and we are... A lot of people are beginners, but yeah. And people... I'm so proud of some people that have done it, especially the first round. I've done... Coming to the end of, like, this next, like, kind of four... Uh, six week kind of block. Yeah. But there were some people who started the first block and by the summer they were doing the Women's 100, wow. which is an event we do every year where we encourage women to run a, to ride a, to ride 100 kilometres for the first time. I want to do that next year. Yeah, you should. You could do it now. We should do it tomorrow. <laughs> Claudia is a great cyclist, just so everybody knows. She no. came on something else, which I started in Amsterdam. Which I was going to ask you next. Yeah, you're going to ask me about it. So I'm leading on to, like, my favourite thing about what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I started this thing in Amsterdam called Queer Wheels, Woo-hoo! which is an LGBTQIA plus cycling group yeah. in Amsterdam. Everybody's exactly. welcome if you fit under those things in Amsterdam or in Netherlands, let me know. Yes. We've got Instagram, we're on the gram. On the gram. Um, and that came about, because I've always wanted to do that, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to be fun. Yeah. I, it's, I'm not teaching, I'm just, I'm doing ride leading, but really everybody's responsible for themselves. Yeah. I just want it to be fun and to meet more queer people like me who cycle because mm-hmm. we are out there. This is it. Yeah. But we just need it. People ask why we need this. And it's because there are. it's about safe space. A hundred percent. And that's what I was going to comment on it mm-hmm. after, but I want you to keep going because yeah. you do want to keep going about it. Yeah. Well, just that it came about because I did a pride ride this year. My friend Charlotte, Charlotte and I did a pride ride this year. First ever one, like a pride cycle on pride yeah. The morning of Pride Amsterdam. And um those people booked on we were fully booked as well. There was like waiting this as well and Wow. And it was great and people were like the common theme of this ride was that there's nothing for LGBT people in, in the Netherlands. Yeah. And that for cycling, or there's one other thing but nobody knows about it. And also mm-hmm. maybe it's a, it's not kind of doing what we're doing. Yeah. I just want it to be fun and cool and yeah, chill. Yeah. So the reason for two things. So the Raffle one oh one plus was huge for me as well because it was the first group ride I ever did. Mm. Um, it was led by you. I forgot you came along. Yeah, it was. There was loads of people there, and it was also yeah, super was nice actually. because it was almost all women, um, mm-hmm. and there was no there was no cis white males. So, yeah, there wasn't. And it's just so rare. I've never been actually in a, a sport related event or thing that didn't involve cis white men, and that was the first time that I realized. Oh my God, that. that's actually really like. Wild. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, it it. I remember filming it, because uh, I put it up on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Thinking back to anything that I've done related to sporting, either say my hockey coach would have been a man, or mm, tag rugby, you. which there was more men in. Um, literally, it was the first time that I was like, "That's so wild!" And to the point where I think I actually asked one of your colleagues and Rafa, I was like, "Oh, are you guys? Is any of you coming along?" And they were like, "Oh no, Tabby's leading it." And yeah, I was just like, yeah, grand. Didn't think about it, but it was just like, obviously, my head wasn't even used to it. So, loved that. Mm-hmm. Also, in terms of beginning cycling, on top of what I already mentioned, in terms of like the sort of, yeah, it's scary. It's scary being scary. a beginner trying to break into like road biking when there is things like clip ons, group riding, rules around group riding. It yeah, sounds so scary. Those. And my friends are all like, oh, you'll be grand. But actually, I was worried about it. I mean, like, I, I've i been cycling for a long time now and, like, you and I make mistakes and things happen and 
because it's all this jargon that you need to know mm-hmm. and I, I have all this stuff stored in my brain and I'm like I should tell this to people Yeah, people, and when I say people it's unfortunately a lot of this is guys yeah. they treat each other like each other like people were born and they just knew everything about cycling yeah. that's not true we were all that beginner once that couldn't clip in and fell over or accidentally like couldn't stop yeah. in time or like fell over for some other silly reason or made yeah. a bad move in a group ride because we'd never been on a group ride before but we were too embarrassed to say anything and nobody did a tutorial at the beginning yeah you know we were all that person yeah and I think we forget yeah and that's why I want to make these things where I say like no question I'm having next week when the next two sessions of the 101 will be indoor workshops because it's too dark in the evening so but I can't wait to go we're gonna do like basic mechanics always and yeah. also a bit of an ask me anything love that I, I say at the beginning no questions are wrong questions mm-hmm. perfect I can only give you wrong answers which hopefully I won't <laughs> but no questions are wrong questions it's an open platform I'm gonna bring Sophia along because that was the other thing that she was she wants to get back into cycling but doesn't know how to change a tyre or something like that well there you go last week we changed we did inner tubes well maybe we'll do that again this week but we changed inner tubes for an hour love that we okay. just did it like three or four times until everyone felt confident nice and do you bring your bike yep Bring okay. your bike. Do you do your own bike? I expect co- you to take yeah. your wheel off if you can't do. It. But the thing is, it's like I don't want to like uh, mansplain anything. Yeah. So I let people kind of figure it out, and if they need to ask for help, I'm like, ask for help if you need it. Yeah. But I'm gonna let you do you. But I'm here if you need me. Okay. Yeah. It's like you know. Okay. Don't micromanage. Hands off approach. Yeah. I love that. I just think. But I'm showing. I'm doing it too at the same time. Yeah. I'm not just watching everyone. Yeah. I'm also f- trying to fiddle around with my. Sure. <laughs> um, I just think that they're just so valuable. Like, fair play to you. Like, I'm very proud of you as a friend. Thank I'm you. just like, I just, it's just fantastic. Like, when I was at it, I was like, oh my God, I am friends with this person who thought of this <laughs> idea, who has launched it, who's now in the second kind of, I guess, season of it. And this is how many people are at it. And mm-hmm. it's just so lovely because all of the, 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 the people there are so nice. Anyway, quickly just want to mention as well with Queer Wheels, I went on one of those rides. It was fantastic. Um, you did super well. It was one of the... So quickly I'm going to mention the fact that I would like to open um, a queer space next year at the end of next year in Dublin. Um, and the reason why is because there are maybe three gay bars in Dublin. The population is a million. There's four gay bars in Ireland, as far as I'm aware. And four. there's a population of five million. And that's just not good enough or representative of the community that is in Ireland. I think I can hopefully build something that could be good. That's not necessarily entrenched in alcohol and drinking mm. and being over 18. That's my biggest thing for it. That's why I'm, I want to call it a queer space as opposed to a bar. Because yeah. uh, especially with Ireland, everything the, everything in our culture is drinking. Mm-hmm. And so every, you're talking to a Scot. So. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean. So... Um, that was also one of the first times that I've gone to something um, related to the LGBTQIA community that what didn't involve alcohol. Well, that's interesting. Even as a secondary thing. It's true. You know, the thing is, is that obviously there is a lot of problem with alcohol and drugs in the LGBT scene as well. Um, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I just, that's what I want to, uh, yeah. Because you know that's right, because I think about every other thing I go to and there's, a, there's always alcohol there. Yeah. Now, even the, the, the queer skate 
barbecue that I went to, that's usually, I mean, the barbecue was just to celebrate the end of, end of summer. So there was drinking at that, obviously, you know, I wasn't drinking, but they usually meet just every Sunday and skate and there is no necessarily, alcohol is not necessarily part of it. Mm -hmm. So it's super nice to attend these things, but I just thought that was especially nice that you run these uh, cycles, that it's, Mm -hmm. it's nice to meet LGBTQIA plus folk in non-drinking atmospheres as well. Would love to hear kind of your take just on the last thing about cycling before we go into questions mm-hmm. on um I guess in terms of pro cycling mm-hmm. or even just pro sport yeah and gender oh yeah how because at the moment yeah every year we've mm-hmm. spoken about mm-hmm. this the rules change and they relate they try to make it more and more um well they say they try to make it more and more fair but it doesn't to me seem like that's what's happening right now. Um, relating to I guess how many like what percentage of hormones you have in your body some people oh is this like trans issues with with racing yes yeah so there is trans issues with with racing yeah. it seems to be a hot topic that's brought up um at least by cis cis white men in yes. in my yeah. in my Absolutely. life that's always when when gender is mentioned that's the thing that they love to talk about, which mm-hmm. I'm just like, like I don't know why that's their biggest concern, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, there is issues with it. But what I would like to ask you is, I guess, what you think maybe could be done, say, in the next Olympics to make things more fair? Oh. <laughs> is that well, it's a fair? No, it's a good question, but I feel like I'm, I, I, I need to, um, obviously I can share my thoughts. Yeah, but I I feel like I'm not gonna have like the answer to it. That's totally but, totally fair. I mean, I'm actually like, obviously now that I started Queer Wheels and like I I'm actually in contact with a lot of like trans cyclists. Okay. There's this really cool thing run from the UK by a really lovely woman um called the Trans Cyclists Collective. Collective. They did a little um interview with me recently. Nice. They followed really me good. and reacted to oh. this. Yeah, she's so nice. I've forgotten her name once, but she's so nice. And there's a non-binary cyclist who's um, very cool called Abby. I can't remember remember their name. Um, I think it's Abby in America, and I follow them a lot. And they're doing some amazing like campaigning in like Texas against all the anti-trans bills and stuff. But they also sent out this. They also sent it to me with permission. I um a questionnaire about barriers to sport for trans people and there's a lot of interesting questions yeah. ranging from like prices of things mm-hmm. to how you feel in during events yeah. and if you have experienced any you know abuse ranging from um you know subtle transphobia to violence sure and like it's a big problem people are worried about violence but what do i feel could be done in the next olympics um I, I, I'm not sure how to answer this question because it's it's very difficult. It's a very difficult question to, to it, talk about. It is, and yeah. if it helps, I was asked this in the kitchen after day drinking um, by two lads, and Whoa. they were like, what, what, what do you think? And I was like, God, I'm so not equipped to answer this. Yeah. But the answer that I gave was just that I think that the board, the, the people on the board who decide these rules... Um, need to be diverse uh, like absolutely there's n- saying. yeah way yeah. more diverse there needs to be 
um, non-binary people potentially. I I would say non-binary people, um, intersex people, yeah, um, black people, yeah. um, trans people, trans yeah. people. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I, to be honest, I don't even think they need a man the on it. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think they need a cis white man on the board. I think yeah, just yeah. take them out. They've had yeah. their time. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, but yeah, it's it's the thing is is that the the way change happens is by including people, all people, not just cis straight white men yeah by including all people in the decision making process and asking people how they feel and how we could make things inclusive because if we're really specifically talking I've had some really difficult conversations I'm kind of exhausted about this sure. really I every day I have some really because I work in sport I used to race and I would like to race again mm-hmm. I have very difficult and very intrusive questions about transgender people racing yeah. and it's because people are scared that cis men are going to say they're trans to win a race. This is basically why people are scared. And I'm like, what? your life is so... Like, why yeah. transgender people have to go through some awful shit? Yeah. Why would you put yourself through all this stuff to win a race? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You and, wouldn't. like, really people thinking like that really need to go back to the drawing board and think about yeah. it because... Again, these are real people that you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I, I truly believe in life, if we're talking about language, if we're talking about the Olympics, if we're talking about cycling, there is a better way to do things. But mm-hmm. the only way we can make things better is by talking with everybody yeah. in an open and non-aggressive way. We have to be open-minded, we have to listen. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to be listened to, including, you know, cis people. Absolutely. Yeah. But I... There is a difference between, and if we're talking about hormones and stuff, I could go on about this, but there was an interesting article, I think I read in the Times actually, because I read about this a lot, and I had a, I've had some difficult conversations with even my colleagues about it. Um, yeah. There's a difference between an advantage and an unfair advantage. Yeah. And yeah. there's been a lot of controversy with, you know, it's it's like saying people who are born with a certain specific set of genetics oh they're just great because they're they're just born this way you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing and or people who've grown up in specific environments who've had these advantages advantages right yeah who are just like naturally better and yeah yes obviously we are talking about if we're talking about hormones we're talking about testosterone i mean obviously yeah. we're talking about that we're talking about an issue that affects me um as a trans mass person mm-hmm. um uh, it doesn't mean that I will have an unfair advantage over people if I was to race and be on testosterone. Trans women have to go through so much stuff as well. And we're, we're also talking about um, uh, testosterone in people have this argument. And the thing is, I, I hate talking about this because I'm not a trans woman. Yeah. I don't like talking about this because I'm not a trans woman. I don't know what these beautiful, amazing women have gone through. Sure. But this is the thing, people are like, oh, but they have, they have, you know, gone through puberty and they've, yeah, and now they're trans or whatever, but they, oh my God, do people even know, like, what oestrogen blockers, what oestrogen no, does to you? 100% no. No, what oestrogen, sorry, not blockers, what oestrogen does to you, it does some awful things to yeah. your body. And actually, no, <laughs> you really need to look at the science properly if you're really into science. Yeah. It's not as binary as you think it is. and. Yeah. 
really I think the question is that like how can we be nicer to people and make the Olympics more inclusive um, we shouldn't be worried about what's in people's pants yeah. and I think yes we have to be careful about doping absolutely we have to be careful about doping but it's not nice that the spotlight is shined on these people 100%. who are just trying to live their lives yeah. and be who they are oh like, my really. god yeah. It sounds just so exclusionary the way that it is now. I, it's sad. And one of the lads who I was in the I, kitchen, I'm scared about it. Yeah. In my life, like, what? My I'm probably going to change how I am over the next year because of stuff going on that I don't want to share right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm worried about how I'm going to be be perceived. Sure. Even in my local cycling club. Gosh. So how about these athletes? These amazing, powerful, yeah. strong trans athletes. Going to the Olympics feel. <laughs> when oh. I'm worried about it in my week up. <laughs> no, but it's yeah. such a fair point. Like it's just I I also hate that it's like the like one thing that gets mm. actually talked about by cis white men it seems. Like in, yeah. in relation to trans issues. Yeah, so, or, or cis women as well, but Or cis women as well. I'm yeah. gonna make one more point on this because I just wanna like say this. Um yeah. this topic of people saying, Oh, but they've gone through puberty as a as a man or whatever they've gone through puberty as a as a man so whatever or they've gone through puberty as whatever so they have an unfair advantage because of hormones. If we're talking about the subject of stopping care for trans people, and I'm specifically talking about trans kids, yeah. if you allow people to have hormone blockers, this won't happen. Yeah. So can you take hormone blockers? And- you can take hormone blockers as a kid before you start uh, puberty. Yes. That's what I actually... If you've got such an issue with trans people doing sport, why are you taking away rights of trans kids? Why are you not protecting them to be able to do this so that you don't have this problem? If you're so concerned with this, I mean, I think that, again, this this, this shouldn't be an issue. Like, this is horrible that there are people who are not affected by this. Because, let's be honest, there's no trans people having these issues I mean let's not talk about Caitlyn Jenner yeah but um like yeah but you're there there are people talking about these issues that do not directly affect them they have no idea they have no idea you're you're talking about again it goes back to the thing that you're talking about people a real person yeah and that you're talking about people here a real person that is alive and has a life and is is has a very difficult life and you are you get you for some reason you get to decide you know what happens and if if kids if we can protect kids and allow them to do what they want to do yeah. to an extent, obviously I do believe that, you know, a guardian needs to be there and help them. And I, I do believe that, you know, we, we do have to be careful with it. Sure. Like with anything that's going to really affect your body. But if kids were allowed to have trans kids were able to get access to the healthcare that they need for their health, um, then we like, you know, there wouldn't be a problem with it. And by healthcare, are you relating to it? Um, hormone blockers. Yeah, well, I'm relating to anything to anything. do with trans health. Sure. Yeah, I mean, okay. hormone blockers, that's a really serious thing, but yeah. I'm just talking about, like, therapy. Health in general. Health yeah. in general. In yeah. Health insurance. Oh, therapy, health yeah. therapy. Of course. You know, specialists, like... Yeah, I'm talking about health in general and acceptance in, in, in healthcare, because obviously there's a massive uh, problem with trans people not being accepted in healthcare, especially... Huge. In, in you know America and other places and even in the UK as well so yeah definitely yeah. in Ireland yeah. yeah um okay I think that was a that was, nice... that was a rant but I'm but again it, I still have a one. lot to learn with this as well and I don't speak for all trans people yeah but I think that was a really important point to mention because 
yeah I think I, I think it was nice and like what we covered so the next thing I want to do is go on to questions that friends and family have asked nice. starting with my sister Danielle mm-hmm. so uh, what she said is it and and just to clear her name that <laughs> she was very worried that she was asking an offensive question or anything but we did kind of go through some of these questions just to make sure and her question was is it offensive to ask uh, if you would want kids in the first place as you don't see yourself in the male or female role does this translate to parenting too or also is this a silly thing to even question well i I think of this as like, I love kids. So preface of my life is that I've been a nanny for like over 10 years. I love kids. I look after two amazing little girls at the moment Yeah. who I love very, very much. Just one day. I love them so much that I just, I still look after them one day a week, even post pandemic because they're so awesome. Um, I don't think it's, in the, I, I mean, again, this is just speaking for me. Some, yeah. some people, some people may find it triggering, but um, I don't think asking if somebody wants kids is, is generally an offensive question. I think the idea of you assuming people wouldn't want kids because they are trans is offensive. Um, I think what your sister's getting at, though, is talking about, like, genitals. And, like, you know what I mean? How maybe it's... But asking somebody if they want kids isn't asking them about what's in their pants. And I yeah. think we need to stop being obsessed with what's in people's pants. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you would ask... If we're in like a cis environment for a cisgender environment you would ask that same question to a guy or a woman yeah doesn't matter you're like do you oh, want kids would you do you that want kids yeah. you're not asking them oh do you want do you want to birth kids yeah you know <laughs> do you want to be pregnant do you want to be something? pregnant yeah. like that yeah, yeah. that that's, is that is a triggering question that's the wrong way to ask that's the wrong way to ask if you're if you're asking about someone's body like that is i would really stay away from that yeah. because that's the triggering part yeah. If you were just curious if somebody wants to have kids, that's not that's a fine question. They'll yeah. say yes or no or maybe. But it's asking about someone's body that's wrong. Yeah. And me personally on growing up with kids, um I'm just gonna uh I, I like good table manners and uh, you know, not everything has to be about gender. Yeah. <laughs> I like good table manners Fair. and I, I want my kids to be able to explore and express themselves and Obviously, when my child is born, they will probably be assigned a gender at birth. But if I want them to be in an, in an environment where they can be, they can identify with the gender they they're um, assigned at birth, or if they realise that they don't identify with that, then they can tell me and we can talk about it. Sure. Okay. Me personally, I don't know what kind of name. I'd love to have kids. I would love yeah. to have kids. I um yeah, I'd love to have kids. Oh, but I think I would like parent. because I I. I love children, but I do think that um, there are a lot of children without homes. Yeah. So I would probably like to adopt. Me too. Or foster mm. when I'm older, because uh, there are a lot of kids who who don't have homes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the answer. That's, like well, it. that's my answer. <laughs> Fantastic answer. Yeah. And yeah, my my sister's second question was, uh, if Tabby was to have a child themselves, what way would they raise them? And I think you answered that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I think I would just try and not shove any stereotypes on them. Yeah. But if my, if I had a child and they were assigned female at birth and they identified with being women and they yeah. were super into, like, pink and, like, they were really down with that, yeah. even though I, I don't want to push any stereotypes mm-hmm. on my kids, and I'd be like, yeah, 
Sweet. Here we go, super femme. All good. Yeah. You know, you do you. Yeah. I just want to touch on this thing I didn't... I want to share just about cycling is that, like... Yeah. In sport, you can't hide. Like, it's very hard... I can't, like, hide my body oh. in sport. Which I just wanted to... I just feel... I Sorry, I was just thinking about that. You're talking about expression in people and walking yeah. around. Because I would probably prefer to go... Even though generally the women's bathrooms are nicer, like I have this thing. I'm having the, my 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 top of, of conversation in my brain at the moment is which bathroom do I go into? Of course, I never even thought about that. Yeah, it's so funny, right? I try and normally use a disabled toilet, but I don't yeah. like using a disabled toilet because I'm in case because I'm able bodied. Yeah, and yeah. um, yeah. So like, obviously not, and um, I obviously feel much safer in women's bathroom, but. Uh, you know, when I'm wearing cycling clothes, uh, yeah. I cannot hide my the way my body looks right now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. Gosh. And the way I'm perceived and the way my body looks, because lycra, I don't hide, you know, nothing. hide nothing. Yeah. It's you can all, see it. It's all there. Yeah. Everything. I thought about packing, but then, like, wouldn't that be funny? I would. But it would also be quite packing. uncomfortable when I'm sitting down. Maybe I will do... That would be interesting. Yeah, just a sock. <laughs> yes. But yeah, just to add that for people who think that it's very easy for me to be a cyclist. Yeah, true. Good point. Yeah. I'm glad you Gender mentioned Gender dysphoria is real. My other sister then asked, um, what is the best way for individuals to express support or to be helpful? Well, um, I think Claudia, you're a great example of this. Um it depends how close you are with a trans person as well. Sure. Because I always think it's best to... It's if I'm talking about somebody that you know or who has opened up to you. Yeah. So there's kind of different layers to this. So Yeah, it makes sense. If there's someone you know or like kind of know, um, just check in on them. Yeah. Check in on how they're doing. But also check in in terms of like, um, what are your pronouns? Mm-hmm. Um how do you like to be preferred when I'm complimenting you? Yeah. Which is something you asked me, I think. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and this very amazing person I'm seeing also asked me. Because oh. I actually prefer more what would be stereotypical masculine compliments. Yes. Yeah, and I have always preferred that, but, you know, I've had my whole life people calling me pretty or beautiful or yeah. attractive, but I would like to much rather be called handsome or hot or something yeah. like that, which has been the case all my life. Yes. And I never realised why. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's little things like that. Mm-hmm. And also doing the research. Yeah. Following people that discuss transgender issues in a you know, in a in a positive or neutral way. Yeah. Um Smarter in Seconds is a great platform that I follow Ooh. as well. Blair Armani. Armani, I think that's her. It's just yeah, it's called Smarter in Seconds and um, she's uh, bisexual and she's a really good ally actually to the trans community Great. on on Instagram yeah yeah look at trans and people uh, non-binary people on Instagram and just do the research but be very careful about where you're getting your information from as well I think that goes without saying also yeah. you know Stonewall and other charities you know do yeah. your research and also um just check in with your friends check in with them check in what they're happy with check in what they're not happy with and then you know and practice with your friends practice your pronouns yes tell your other friends when they're getting it wrong tell yeah. your other friends what your other friend has shared with it with you okay you know 
and yeah. uh, do the work. Do the work, educate yourself. Educate yourself, do the work. Yeah. On the other side, if you don't know somebody yeah. very well, do the work but and don't expect them to do the work for you. Yes. I, we, you and I were talking a lot about your birthday party and mm-hmm. it was super fun. But it was, uh, there was a lot of people asking me a lot of questions because I think I was the, probably the first non-binary or trans person they'd ever met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, people were asking me a lot of questions and I can be very, very giving in yeah. terms of, because I want everybody to be okay with it and actually maybe I'm, I don't want people to view me as like some angry trans person. I am angry, <laughs> but yeah. I think I'm angry, but frustrated with the world. I think everybody is. Okay. But uh, not these people, but... Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, dude. Because unfortunately, it's not really a dude. <laughs> dude. Read a book. <laughs> read a book. Or like, you know, go on the internet and Cut find some there. good factual stuff. Yeah. Or if I can send you some links, read yeah. them. Yeah, I think a really good tip there that you just said, because I know a lot of people, like I said, listening to this, uh, are people that come from my world. Yeah, and I'm trying to be very understanding of that as well. I'm you are, that. you're incredibly understanding. And it, that's what I also mentioned about my birthday is that like, I felt so bad because I, I oh, could I hear you having that. these conversations. So I was like, <laughs> they must be so drained yeah. from all of this chat. Yeah. Um, which I think, helping, I think. Yeah, yeah, which, but I think it's, that's why it's so great that you're coming on here because this is an assigned time to discuss this that people can listen to and educate themselves yeah, on. Yeah, listen at to least this on... podcast. That's yeah. a, it's a good thing, listen to this podcast. But yeah, I mean, again, I'm very privileged. So I feel like if I can help and do some work, it means that my other trans non-binary friends brothers sisters will have an easier time yeah when they're then meeting these people sure again opening the door making it easier yeah for people to come through into normal society back circling well not normal society because society should be normalized with trans people but i mean like just this like dominated society by cis white men yeah yeah like actual yeah, it's mainstream. Yeah, mainstream. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay, second, another question from mm-hmm. Jeanette. Hi, Jeanette. How are you? <laughs> so you said that really, like, sexily. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, hey, I've Jeanette. got a froggy voice today. I just did a 120k cycle. In the yeah. <laughs> With the no ordinary women's crew, shout out. Woohoo! <laughs> um, no ordinary it... women plus me. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, is gender identity mostly misconceived as who you are attracted to? Not how you feel. This is a very good question. We were talking about early, earlier. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress enough how sexual orientation and who you're attracted to is different to gender identity. They're two different things. Um, I don't know how to explain this better, but for example, men, uh, a cisgender woman can be attracted to men. They can also be attracted to women. Yeah. Right? We're not going to say, oh, because you're attracted to a woman, you must be a man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cisgender men can be attracted to women and men. And, and non-binary people, obviously, and trans people. Sure. People can be attracted to anyone. It's the same thing. Like, just because I I knew I wasn't straight before I... Re- well, I knew there was something going on with my gender. I knew there was something going on there. Yeah. But I, I knew I wasn't straight before my whole gender thing. 
that was always a topic in my head, but they're not related. Yes, they're not related. They may be related in terms of how you then describe your sexuality. So, for example, if I was to identify as a trans man, mm-hmm. and um, I was like only interested in women, then I'd be a straight man. Yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, but that's kind of like, a, yeah, that's a complicated way of saying it. But but to answer, no, they're not related at all. Yeah, to they're answer completely your question, separate. Who I'm attracted to isn't related to how I feel about myself. Yeah. So they're not related. And to answer Janet's question, is it mostly misconceived? You would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we're talking about like a classic example would be like what Colleen and I are talking about at your party. That was a lot of the question I got, but. But who are you attracted to? And I'm like, what? What? I kind of forget that people don't know this information. I'm shocked that you were asked that. Well, I mean, I would assume people think I was gay anyway. I'm, I look very gay, but <laughs> but like, we're very queer. But um, yeah, people then come on with it, but who are you attracted to? And I'm like, oh, so you want to know if I fancy you? No, because they, people don't know that it's completely yeah. different. But it's like, yeah. you you and yourself, like, how you feel about yourself and your gender is different to who you're attracted to, right? Of course. Think about it. Think, you know... About yourself. Search inside yourself, you mm-hmm. know, Luke. <laughs> okay. I really like Star Wars. There you go. Um, then, from Lisa, how do we explain to ignorant people why using they is important? I feel like we actually already covered Yeah, this. we kind of already covered it. Pronouns save lives. And then, the another one from Sarah, how does one realise they're non-binary? curious to understand where the feelings come from I also feel like this was kind of already covered yeah we covered it um yeah I met trans people non-binary people I realized this was how I felt and um, it took me a long time to find the language to describe who I who I am yeah I think that was the most difficult thing is because I felt all this stuff but I didn't know how to like literally articulate it sure um yeah and that's how it kind of came about yeah. I think, again, research, knowledge. If you are struggling with your gender identity, we're, we're talking about, I won't say sexual, but we're talking about gender, go and hang out in queer spaces, yeah. in LGBTQIA plus spaces. Yeah. You don't, again, this is why gender and sexuality are two different things. You don't have to identify as gay to be having feelings about your gender. Yes. You don't have to identify as an L, and I'm going to say LGBTQIA, person lesbian gay bisexual pansexual person to be able to go to these spaces because you're having questions about your gender yeah because the t stands for trans yes so yeah go hang out with queer people and trans people and talk about it yes i love that Mm -hmm. okay the next question um which came from a guy who i was having a chat with in the kitchen i spoke about about this earlier but um his question he's a scientist um and German, and his language is obviously very gendered. Uh, his first language is very gendered. And he was trying to understand, um, basically, if you think people would still transition if there was no gender stereotypes. And I'm going to answer with what I replied first, and now what I, what I feel now, and then I want to ask you your opinion on okay, it. Okay, so say the question again, sorry. Do you think people would still transition if there were no gender stereotypes? Okay. So... From that, first of all, I didn't know how to answer. I was like, oh God, I'm not equipped, first of all. But what I said was, I wasn't sure because I'm quite comfortable in my body and with how I identify, but my human experience is very limited. Uh, Now, after more research, just even for this podcast, I would say gender expression is more based on stereotypes, whereas gender identity is what you feel at your core. 
So for my answer, I would say yes. I still think people would transition if there was no gender stereotypes. But I want to know what your take would be. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I think people would. I, d- I don't always like the term transition because it's like as if there's an end point. Well, I think, sorry, I think it's good to say yeah. that because that's what he's he's asked the question on. But just to be clear, like being trans or like we're talking about non-binary issues today, um, because this is a problem with being non-binary is that it exists in this between, and people assume there's an end point. Sure. People assume that I want to, that I'm a trans man, that I want to transition into being a man, and that's and I'm gonna have not like. People are so concerned with what's in my trousers. Yeah. Um, I think regardless of how society defines and stereotypes people and gender, there will always be people who don't feel comfortable in their bodies and who don't feel like the way their body looks represent is representative of how they are and how they feel at their core. Yes. And I think this would even happen with aliens, you know. Yeah. I think that's the perfect answer. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. And then we have some voice notes. Okay. So one is from a friend of mine who's a teacher. Sorry. Obviously, you know, particular children are not educated about, you know, people's gender, people's sexuality. So, for example, a child in my class was called a bi the other day and was like what's that so it was kind of obviously one child was trying to hurt another child's feelings because they had no education and they obviously had no you know they they didn't even know what they were saying so I think for me my biggest fear about educating children let's say within my school is educating them like appropriately and by appropriately I mean like teaching them about respect as well and you know so they're not just calling each other this that and the other because they've heard a new word and they don't know its meaning or how to some people that's how they want to be recognized it's kind of a tough one i hope that makes sense that makes a lot of sense i understand her question or comment okay. now. how do we educate children about this yeah yeah um well i feel very sorry for this kid and these kids yeah um the first thing i would say is that we are not born with bias. We are not born racists, transphobics, homophobics. We learn this behaviour from people around us and society. Yeah. No child is born with prejudice. It is given to us and put upon us. Great point. Yep. Um, it's funny because I've, I actually haven't heard by being used as like a derogatory term like I that know. with kids it's normally like you're gay you're so yeah. gay you're so gay like and I remember even when I was like we used to use gay as like a slang term of something oh you're so gay but it didn't it didn't mean gay as in like homosexual it meant yeah. something else but yeah it's rooted in homosexuality being bad yes that's where it comes from but um 
all children should be educated on these issues. Yeah. I don't think that, especially when it comes to like gender identity, because that's a core human right to feel comfortable and safe in who you are. And she's talking about a bi, that's talking about sexuality, which we've sure. established is different. Yeah. Um, but sexuality should also be taught. And yeah. it, it's homophobic to not teach kids about the fact that people, that there's lots of different types of love, firstly, mm-hmm. and that there can be love between anybody. And yeah. when I'm saying love, I'm talking about romantic love. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a conversation I have with, with, with the kids I look after about romantic love between all different people, as in between two women, two cisgendered women, two cisgendered men, yeah. uh, cisgendered man and cisgendered woman, yeah. or non-binary people, or trans people. Love can exist between any of these people, and it is okay. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Yeah. It is okay for you to love anyone you... or be. We're talking about love with kids. Like, we talk about it with romantic love, because if we talk about sexuality, yeah, yeah people can get weird about it, because it's a discussion of how early do we educate kids about sexual education, which I think should be earlier than it is, and also yes. there needs to be a lot more education on um, uh, non-straight... Uh, cis sex because I got absolutely zero at school I think we talked about a dental dam for 10 seconds yeah. in a class and then we moved on and then we spoke about AIDS for half an hour that was triggering <laughs> yes yeah but um, it's the problem is for your friend is that this is such a big bigger topic mm-hmm. but if she can create an environment where the thing is also she's confined by what she's allowed to say this is also because if she's tricky talk if I'm um, I don't want to assume if she's in Ireland and she's she's in for Ireland working for a Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is, is that if she starts being creating an open environment where people are allowed to express themselves and she's discussing gender identity, mm-hmm. we're talking about specifically in in class that actually might not be allowed at the school, mm. which is not okay because yeah. gender you 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 are born the way you are. I was born the way I am. I was yeah. born. If we're talking about sexuality, I was born uh, bisexual. I was born that way. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not a lifestyle I choose. I also didn't choose to be non-binary. Yeah. I was born that way. Yes. Baby. And it's, Baby it's great. Born that way. Yes. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you touched on that it should be taught earlier, not just gender, but also sexuality, because you mentioned you were around seven when you knew. Oh, yeah, maybe even earlier. Maybe even earlier. Yeah. I feel the same. Yeah. And like you said, you can mention it in romantic love. It doesn't have to be the nitty-gritty of things yeah. at that age. It doesn't but need to be birds and bees. It can be, like, just how you how you feel in terms of different types of love. Yeah. That's what I talk about with the, like, six-year-old that I look after. Yeah. Because, well, she said something kind of mean, but she didn't mean it. She was like, we were talking about how I wrote her birthday card and I said, love, Tabby. And yeah. then the birthday card, she was like, yeah, but... You're not in my family. And yeah. I'm like, well, friends can love each other. Yeah. But it's it's a love between friends. Yeah. And then, like, mummy and daddy have, like, a romantic love between... And then, like, I was like... Yeah, we were talking about... But also, I, I always make sure I give her examples of non-hetero love as well. <laughs> when That's I'm speaking to her as well. Really good tip. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah, giving... Like, for example, if you're doing a maths exercise, what if you create a maths exercise where, like... Timmy needs some money for apples. He asks his two dads for money. Yes. He gets three P, but the apples cost two pence. How much does he have left? That's such a good point. 
you can like slide it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, this, I this is that. this is like you know some like coding for teachers, yeah. but the whole point is is that the school systems have a problem. Hundred percent. But you've just got to do what you you just got to do what you can in the confines of what you can do. You're only one yeah. human. And, and it sounds like you're already very. What's her name? Nikki. Nikki. It sounds like you're already. You sound from this one voice not a very concerned and kind person. Yeah. So you know, She's do your great. do your research and, but the thing is, is that um. Yeah, I don't know what the laws are in Ireland, but like, isn't it illegal to be like, um, homophobic, or isn't it a hate crime? A hate crime? No. It's still not illegal to be. Because oh, the thing is, is that the rules are different in Ireland. Yeah. Because it's a hate crime in the UK now. That's good. I, think. I don't think that legislation has been brought in, yeah. but I know they were speaking of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has. Mm-hmm. I've distanced yeah. myself from Irish politics recently, but yeah. Um, like it, yeah. yeah, just to finish off, Nikki is great. Um, she did mention that their school um, is actually, as far as, you know, if you were to hear a Catholic school, like Christian, whatever school, um, you wouldn't necessarily, like they actually are quite open with each other I think the teaching staff there are really good and she should say it to her colleagues as well then come up with a plan yeah because that needs I, I'm not I'm saying this that needs to be stopped instantly yeah those both children all the children need to be spoken to mm-hmm. especially because also that child who's using that term probably doesn't know what a bi is yes and that's they what know she it's said. a bad word exactly yeah. what she said but they know so, it's a bad word it yeah. shouldn't be a bad word. Because then, sorry, in another voice note, I spoke to her in more detail and she had said, oh, it tur- like we brought the, the parents were informed. Um, It turns out the kid didn't even know what a bi was. But the other parent then was like, do you think my kid might be bi? And then all of these questions Whoa, were coming okay, up. Yeah. So there's a lot there to like yeah. unpack. Yeah, because that then affects this kid who's been called this name clearly very randomly. Yes. What if what if it's maybe potentially creating an unsafe environment for them? Because what if they are queer mm-hmm. or bisexual, or whatever, and their parents are really homophobic and yeah. they've been outed? Yeah, I yeah. Also, if a trans person comes to you and tells you they're trans but hasn't told everyone, don't out them. Don't out people. Don't out. If people. somebody comes to you with information, and clearly. Or just assume that people don't know, which is another thing. It's that you shouldn't out people. Mm-hmm. Like, I have trans friends. Yeah. And I'm even though they're out, I don't always, like, talk about the fact that they're trans straight away to sure. specific people because, you know, I want to make sure that my friend is comfortable with how I'm talking about them. Good point. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that question, I have another question, where I think two, from Lisa, mm-hmm. um, which I recorded, so I'll play the, the voice notes as well. Mm-hmm. Question didn't have enough characters so I thought I'd send you a little voice message but basically my question is about the use of the term women um because a lot of like I think to be a woman is something that you can self-identify as and it doesn't matter how you were born so when we talk about violence against women that would include like trans women um but and, and we do need to talk we do need to have the word women we can't go completely I think anyway genderless in like you can have you can be whatever way you want to define yourself um but that it is okay to still have you know a group called women and we talk about their issues like women and stem violence against women all that right but my question is about sometimes when in medical circumstances they sometimes transition to using like people who are pregnant instead of women who are pregnant and online some people seem to get really 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 angry about this 
and saying that like being pregnant is an inherently like women thing i personally don't agree with that i think that like a transgender man could get pregnant um or lots of lots of reasons anyway that it doesn't need to be a woman to be pregnant i don't understand why people are getting angry at the terminology of like pregnant people i cannot get my head around it i'm like why does how does that harm anyone using the word pregnant people how please explain it to me and i've never heard a compelling argument so i would love if you could somehow explain how why people if you wonder if anyone knows why people get angry at inclusive language that includes trans people Wow, that's a really great question. I because I was wondering where she was going for a second. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Mm. Um, she sounds great. She is great. She's, she sounds like a great ally. Um, there was a lot in that one uh, voice note. Uh, what did she start? She started off with um. So that she thinks it is still important to have the word women. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. You start on this. So, um. I'm a fierce advocate of women's rights. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so much violence against women. And it's really coming out right now in the UK, especially. There's been yeah. a lot of murders. and fe- I'm going to call it like femicide, because that's what it is. Happens a lot in... Uh, I live with a really beautiful, amazing... Um, oh, again, I just used gendered language to describe my... Um, see, this is a prime example. I just yeah. used beautiful... Instead of like smart or intelligent or strong first. Yeah. While I was describing my cisgendered woman uh, housemate. Wow. She and I say beautiful because she is actually I think she's she's stunning she's beautiful yeah. inside and out and I yes. use that as describing a whole person but that is more of a feminine description. Yeah. So Despina, I'm sorry. I'm gonna say incredibly intelligent, strong, and beautiful. Um, yes. <laughs> housemate um, who is uh, Greek and you know there's a lot of. You know, she we talk about it a lot. There's a lot of violence against women in Greece, in Greece as well, sadly. Okay. Um, I don't think women should be eradicated. I absolutely don't think women like this. Is, and not that long ago, when we were trying to, and I was trying to figure out, this was also to do with my gender identity and how I was trying to include myself. Mm-hmm. And actually, I wasn't super out as being on non-binary at the time. Maybe like with the community that I'm in. For example, when I was first doing my inclusive rides here in Amsterdam, the summer yes. stuff. I would use like women with an X yeah. or like W M N S and I was actually because I was like non binary but wasn't like super I I was trying to also include myself and I was like how do I Pretty. But yeah, but now the way I think about it is like absolutely women so women, yes, women includes trans women. You don't have to say trans women all the time, like because yes. trans, trans women are women. Yes. You can say women. Yeah. And non binary people. This is, so I think, at least going on to her next question. Well, sorry. So that was the beginning. Yeah, she so just see what it is. Questions. Women, if you're, if you're, and this is the problem is that we were trying to include non-binary and trans women. Yes. So firstly, trans women are women. Yes. Just say women, because that includes all women, cis yeah. or trans. If you want to include non-binary people, say non-binary people. Yeah. But don't assume that all non-binary people, especially when it's a women's and non-binary people event, are going to be like AFAB. Yes. Because this is what I talked to my friend about who runs this like women's, it's called like a women's cycling group and mm-hmm. they are now being great and are advertising for women and non-binary people. For not all non-binary, yes, but I had to explain to her that, you know, not all non-binary people look like me. Yeah. Not all non-binary people are assigned female at birth. Yeah. So you've got to be prepared for, you know, 
other people who are non-binary if you're going to do that and she was like yeah I she kind of didn't get it but then she got it yeah yeah I can't imagine not 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 being prepared but like like expecting but obviously as well again that goes back to my own experience but like I can't imagine that people expect non-binary people to only be AFAB or something or yeah. only see that but I'm sure yeah, yeah like you said yeah, it absolutely or it's like a, uh, I saw this meme once and it was like the spectrum and it was like um, how non-binary people are perceived and there was a line and on one side of the line there was like a, a woman but like a toilet door woman yeah. and the other side there was a man a toilet door man yeah. and it was like woman man and then a little bit further up from the women it was like women light and that's non-binary people like women like like a light version of women sorry that's not funny but it's, it's not like, funny it's but it's so funny because it's so ridiculous it's in so what accurate. people think exactly and Fuck. that's what it's going to be so then the second question was about um why people get annoyed oh but i i think as well this is where we come in with the term turf yeah people um especially when we're talking about women and women's reproductive rights they're so important like obviously I believe in abortion and I believe women or see now I'm going to use inclusive language women or people who are able to get pregnant yes yeah people who are able to get pregnant um or people with vaginas mm-hmm. um uh everybody should have the right to decide for themselves what happens with their body yes and um I think you know people in society are yeah it's the trans issue people are scared of transgender people being included because they they're it's what we were talking about earlier yeah it's it's new for a lot of people people aren't educated and they're they're scared of it and also people especially turfs they feel like um women are 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 not being um uh, raised up enough or are important enough and that the trans issue is like taking over the fact that women's rights is also very important, like cisgendered women's rights. But what? And women's, trans women's rights. This is a problem. But what I have an issue is with is, this is again... This comes back it, to hormones. This is like the, the not all men argument. It's like just because there's uh, talk about uh, trans women's health issues, for instance, does not take away the fact that there's also obviously issues that um women are facing that you know don't Mm. include trans women's health issues but it's Mm. not that one is more important than the other it's literally just like why can't all of them be important why do people feel like Mm -hmm. um oh well talking about trans Mm -hmm. women's health issues is taking away it's not taking away it's just adding yeah but also like so trans and we also said earlier you know trans women are women yes we're talking about um uh trans men's trans men or people who a trans man who i uh, would like to uh have a like a natural child yeah this is the other thing yeah is that people people just i think people are scared of what they don't know yeah and they react with ignorance and violence yeah this is and they get defensive fact. and they get defensive because they know they don't know the information and people f- get defensive because they're like oh i can't share my viewpoint and i'm like well if your viewpoint is segregating another group of people because you don't understand, then really that's not really a viewpoint. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I I'm not a trans man. I have never been pregnant. I don't want to be pregnant, so I'm gonna adopt. But yeah, I am. Um, yeah, 
yeah. can't speak for other people, but I don't know why, but it's very sad. Yes. But this is why I think why. Yeah, I yeah, good answer. Um the last question from Lisa was which we kind of already answered was like, um, what is a more inclusionary way of um say saying women that isn't women so I think from what you've said already it's women and non-binary folks yeah absolutely if, if you if you yeah I mean again I only speak from from me as how I feel going about the world but I yeah. think we just gotta stop like I also think that the whole women with an x thing and like women with whatever was actually like trying to not talk about it and like kind of sweep it in and like just like oh yeah that's what we're doing and we're not actually really going to talk about why we're doing it okay because we want to include non-binary people and make sure that this is a a trans inclusive space interesting so i think you just gotta say what it is say what it is this event is for women and non-binary people yes this space is a safe space for women uh um, for women and non-binary people yeah including trans and then you can put in brackets including trans people okay if you want but normally if you say women and non-binary people I think people know that you that yeah but you. I mean being as obvious as possible yeah also if you're ever in a situation where you don't know what language to use go to pay somebody to tell you what language to use mm-hmm. make sure if you're getting information from trans people to pay them yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah pay pay for skills and knowledge yeah you know. Or you go to a charity and pay them. Yeah, I love that. And that is it for questions. So that is it for the podcast. Wow, I feel like it's been a journey. It has been a journey. It's so been long. a long one, but I think it's a necessary yeah, sorry, one. Yes, so long. Thank you so much for coming onto my podcast. Thanks, and yeah. uh, I really think this is a valuable chat. I'm definitely going to be listening back, not just because I'll be editing it, but also because I think there's a lot of learnings in here that I won't have digested in one sitting. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if you're listening, make sure, like, <laughs> sign up to Claudia's podcast, follow Queer Reels. Follow Queer Reels, yes. Follow t- Do you want to shout out your Instagram? Oh yeah, Um. so on Instagram, Queer Reels is just at queer underscore wheels. Um, me, you can find me on Instagram, it's just at tabby, that's T-A-B-I underscore Sutherland. S U T H E R L A N D. Yeah. Also, yeah, find me at Rafa. Come for a coffee. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs>